I was reading in Jeremiah, and as I'm reading in Jeremiah, I gotta, I'm going I'm to read to you one of the most amazing Bible verses I've ever come across. One of the most amazing Bible truths I ever came across. It's just an amazing statement. It's a, it's a verse you need to circle and think about because it's just absolutely amazing. God is doing a wonderful work. People will say this to me. They'll say, Pastor, I heard a preacher say years ago that if God doesn't destroy America, that he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And I thought, boy, that, you know, America's involved in all that stuff. We got homosexuality being promoted. We have all sorts of wickedness all around us. We have false teaching. We have people worshiping false gods. We have all sorts of horrible things. We have people involved in all sorts of immorality. And we, we have it, and so we can compare it to Sodom and Gomorrah. And I thought about that, and I thought how horrible that is. We come to the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah comes at the end of the prosperity of the nation of Israel. Israel has been reigned, there has been a king that has reigned for 55 years. His name is Manasseh. He didn't reign in all of Israel, he reigned in Judah. The nation of Israel, the 10 tribes have already been, been destroyed. The, 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 there's left the nation of Judah, which, which, was, the, which was two tribes. And, and, and now a, a king reigns over him, over that, that, that small kingdom named Manasseh, and for 55 years he was vile and wicked and horrible and did terrible things. He taught the people of God to forsake God. He taught the people of God to worship false gods. God told him that these worshiping these false gods were an abomination, and yet he continued to. Manasseh did that throughout his reign until the end of his life. He was taken into captivity by Babylon, and while he was there, he repented of his sin. He went back, but it was too late to change everything. He dies... And his son Amnon takes over. He reigns for two years and he's doing the same things that his, his dad did. And then he dies. In fact, he's killed. The people say, we don't need another Manasseh. And they kill him. And then all the people that had him killed, they, 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 they're killed. Now, the people put in power Manasseh's grandson. His name is Josiah. They put Josiah in power. And Josiah is eight years old when he begins to reign. The Bible says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. The Bible says, and we're not turning there. Uh, I've got a lot to say in a few minutes, so you just can check this out later on to make sure that he wasn't lying and uh, that he was telling the truth. And the Bible tells us this, that in, as he was eight years old, he began to reign. And the Bible says... When he was 16 years old, he began to seek God. He began to call on the name of the Lord. 
when he was 20 years old, by the time he was 20 years old, he, he, he began to purge. He realized God doesn't want all this stuff to go on in our land. He began to purge the sin that was going on in the land. At 21 years of age, God called Jeremiah. When he's 21, he's been, I'm sorry, when he's 21, God calls Jeremiah. There is a ruler who has chosen to do right, and God says, I'm going to send that kid a prophet. And he sends him Jeremiah. Look in Jeremiah chapter 1. The Bible says this in verse 1, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Now listen, Hilkiah was the high priest at that time. Jeremiah was Hilkiah's son. So God called Jeremiah to be a prophet. A prophet declares the word of God and declares judgment if you don't get things right. But a priest says, come to God and tries to take people to God. When God called Jeremiah, he called a priest and a prophet. And his message was very simply that God is a God of love, but God is also a God of judgment. God will have mercy. But he says, he says very clearly, if you do not amend your ways, if you don't change your ways, then judgment is coming. Jeremiah was sent. That was Jeremiah's message. Jeremiah was sent to this audience. This, Jeremiah was sent to the people of God in Israel. And first, Jeremiah was told, you go to the entire nation. You go to all of Judah and you tell them they need to, to change. They need to amend their ways. They need to change their ways. And if they change their ways, then God will spare the city. He says that to all of the nation, all of, Jude, all of Judah, all of that land heard, all of Jerusalem heard that message. Jeremiah went and preached it. But the Bible indicates that nobody was listening. So in Jeremiah chapter 7, the Bible tells us that this, that God sent Jeremiah not just to the people in general, he sent him to the house of God. Now the house of God in the Old Testament was the temple. You theologians know that. In the New Testament, the house of God is the local church. So he sends him basically to the church. And he says this in Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 1. Jeremiah, let me, let me just read it to you. It says, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim this word. Now listen to what he says. He says, hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter into these gates to worship the Lord. You that go to church, you that are church people, you that are here to worship Jehovah God, Jesus in the New Testament, Jehovah in the Old Testament, you that are here to worship Jesus. He says, you listen to me. Sometimes we sit in church, but we're not listening. 
and there were people, the people of God, that were going and they were doing their religious things, but they weren't listening to God. And God said, listen to me. Jeremiah, go and tell them you need to listen to what I'm saying. The Bible says, here's, here it is, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Listen, he says this to the people in the pews. He says this to the people in the, in the church. He says this to the people of God in the temple. Amend your ways and your doings. Change what you're doing. Start doing what is right. Change your ways and your doings, and I will, now listen to this, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. We know what happened historically. We know that after the death of Josiah, that God brought judgment as he said he would. But here's the message. God is a God of judgment, but God is also a God of mercy. You need to change your ways, and if you do, He's not talking to the people out there. He's talking to the people in here. He says, if you, inside the temple, will change your ways, then God will, God will deliver you. You will dwell in this place. Then he says this, trust not in lying words, saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord of these. Don't you believe when somebody says, well, this is a place that God has blessed, and so he won't judge. Oh, he won't destroy the temple. Oh, this is God's temple. This is the Lord's temple. He's not going to do well, No matter what we do, that's not true. God judges sin. He did then, and he will now. He says, but, look in verse 5, for if you thoroughly amend your ways, that is change, and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between man and his neighbor. Listen to what he says. If you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood. They had a practice of worship to a god named Moloch. He's also referred to as Baal. Moloch was a, was a metal god that they had built. He sat on a throne and he had his arms out like this. And what they would do to worship him is a person would take their firstborn child. They would heat up that metal, that metal god. They would heat it up and heat it up so that its hands were red hot. And then the person would come to worship that god by placing their living baby in the red hot hands of that god. And that baby would burn to death. And God said, you are killing the innocent. And God won't hold us innocent if we kill the innocent. God said this, in fact, throughout Jeremiah, God says over and over, what you're doing is wicked. As you read through the rest of Jeremiah chapter 7, God says this in Jeremiah chapter 7, what you are doing is you're going down into the valley where you can see the temple. You're going down into the valley of Hinnon and you are sacrificing your babies and this is an abomination. He wasn't talking to people out there. He was talking to people in here. He wasn't talking to the people on the street now. He's talking to the people of God. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between man and his neighbor, if you oppress, the, if you oppress not the stranger, neither the fatherless, nor shed innocent blood, 
in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt. Then he says, listen, look what he says, look at the promise. He says, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. He says, listen, if you will stop doing the wrong thing and you'll start doing the right thing, then I'm going to bless the land. Look what he says in verse 8. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. They were trusting false prophets who said, everything's going to be okay. Then he says this in verse 9, will you steal? He's talking to the people of God. He's talking to the people in church. It's like coming into West Coast Baptist College and saying, are you a thief? You thief? You robber? You steal? He's given some bad news. You know, bad news isn't easy to take, especially if it comes to, spy, to, to you by somebody who you really love. A few years ago, I have, I have with me one of my grandchildren, his name is Lincoln. About two years ago, Lincoln came to me, and I love Lincoln, and he's a very cuddly guy. I was sitting on my couch, and uh, he walked into my, to my, to my living room, and he said, Grandpa, can I ask you a question? I said, what's that, Lincoln? He said, why are you so fat? That was bad news. I said, come over here. He came over. I said, come up here. He said, well, his mom and dad are sitting about over here, and they're, you know, like, freaked out that he's talking to me that way. I said, come here. I said, you know what's going to happen to you? He said, what? I said, you know what's going to happen to you? He said, what? I said, I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to get older, and when you get older, you're going to get fat. And people are going to look at you, and they're going to say, fatso, fatso, fatso. And he said, Why? I said, because the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I said, you called me fat. And so one of these days, you're going to grow up and you're going to be fat. He said, really? I said, yeah. He said, Grandpa, can I ask another question? I said, what's that? He said, who did you call fat? <laughs> bad news comes sometimes and you don't want to hear the bad news. He's delivering some bad news. And the bad news here is very simply, you, will you steal? You're, you're, this place, he's saying to the church, he's, he's saying to those in the temple, will you steal? Are you going to be thieves? Are you murderers? Are you committing adultery? He's talking to the people of God. He's saying, you people of God, you're involved in immorality. Could look out today and say, hey, are you stealing? Are, are you murdering? Do you use your mouth to murder other people? Destroy their character? James says that our, our mouth is a fire, a world of iniquity. God says that it can destroy. With our mouth, we can destroy people. Do you commit adultery? Are you, listen, let me ask it today. What's on your iPhone? What are you looking at? What are, you, what are you lusting after? Are you committing adultery in your heart? Satan wants you to because he makes you unusable if you're involved in immoral thinking. The Bible says in Proverbs that it destroys your soul. Your soul is your thinking ability. Your soul is your willpower. Your soul is your emotions. It'll destroy your marriage 
in the future. If you're involved in pornography today, get it out of your life. Will you steal? Will you murder? Will you commit adultery? Will you swear falsely? Are you a liar? Will you burn incense unto Baal? Are you going to kill unborn children? Will you walk after other gods whom you know not? Are you going to serve other gods? He's talking to the people of God. And then he says, and then you come and stand before me in my house. And that is, you stand, you refuse to worship me. Wow. Will you do that? He's saying here very simply, you need to change your ways. Catch this. He's talking to the people of God. He says it generally to everyone, but then he comes specifically to the house of God. And he says, what are you involved in that's keeping the blessing of God? What are you involved in that's hindering God from working? What are you watching on TV? What are you reading in the magazines? What are you looking at on your iPhone? What are you looking at? What are you doing? You need to get those things right. Why? Well, listen, he says to the people of God, he says to the people of God, if you'll amend your ways, then God will bless you. This isn't a time where God had already said, I'm going to destroy this nation. It's going to happen. But the Bible tells us this, and I don't understand this because I believe in a sovereign God. But the Bible tells us that God will repent of his, of his judgment. He did that for Nineveh. Jonah went there and said, God's going to judge this place. And then they repented. And they, they repented of their sin. And God said, okay, I'm going to let you live for another 150 years. Wow. Wow. Now, it's amazing. It's amazing the message that, that Joshua or that Jeremiah had. It's amazing what he said. His message was, again, God is love. God is judgment. God will have mercy. But if you don't amend your ways, then judgment is coming. He speaks that to the people of God. But that's not all. That wasn't where he ended. I want you to go back to Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 1. Here's the amazing verse. We've got to be out of here 1140. Okay, here's the amazing verse. Absolutely amazing. Now look, Jeremiah had gone through. He had preached to the people. He had preached to the people. He had preached to people all around. They weren't listening. He had preached into the temple and spoke generally to the people. But in Jeremiah chapter 5, God says something absolutely amazing. He says, look, run ye to and fro through the cities or through the streets of Jerusalem and see now. Now listen to this. This is absolutely amazing. And see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find, listen, circle this, amen, amen. Find one person. If there be any that executeth judgment, if there's anyone that will execute judgment, that seeketh the truth, and he said, now listen, find one man. He said, Jeremiah, go out, find one man. Are you the man? That's what he's saying. Are you the man? Are you the man? Go out and just find one man. TJ, are you the man? Are you the man? Find one man. You don't have to go to the whole church. You don't have to go to everyone. Just find one man. One, one. Just one who will do right. 
Find one person. And he says, look, if you'll find just one, just one that wants to do right, he said, I'll spare the entire nation for one man. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you the one? I'm going to ask you this question. Are you the one? Because God's saying here, look to Jeremiah. Find one man. He's already declared judgment's coming. God knows what's going to take place. We can look historically and see the judgment came. Now listen. But God said, find one man. Find one man. You say, what? Was Jeremiah successful? Well, let me tell you what he did. He found one man. The one man's name was was Josiah. God was about to judge it. In fact, in Jeremiah, he says, chapter 1, he says, it's not going to be long. Judgment's coming, and it's coming really quick. Like an almond tree, like the first tree to bud, it's coming, and they're coming right now. And go out and tell them that. But there was one guy. His name was Josiah. And, when, and he was already wanting to do what was right. When he was 20 years old, he started getting rid of things. When he was 21, Jeremiah comes and preaches. When he's 26, Hilkiah, Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's father, is in the temple. And they're cleaning out the temple because Josiah said, go clean out the temple. And when they're cleaning out the temple, he finds the law of God. He finds Genesis. He finds out where we came from. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And he brings them to a man named Shaphan, who was the scribe who read these books to the king. And the king said, I want to hear what God has to say. And for the first time, Josiah heard about Adam and Eve. And he heard about the fall. And he heard about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he heard about the promises of God. And he heard that Moses said, if my people do wrong and they'll turn around from the end of Deuteronomy, if they'll turn around and do right, he heard that if they'll turn around, that God would spare the nation and bring back prosperity to the nation. He heard that. And the Bible says when he heard it, he rent his clothes. He fell down before God and said, God, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll be obedient to you. And because of that, because of that, the Bible says they sent a man to a woman named Huldah who was a prophetess. And she, they went to her and they said, listen, will God continue to judge this nation? And she said, God is going to judge this nation. But because there's one man named Josiah, who is now 26 years old. He said, because one man, Josiah, had a right heart, judgment will be withheld from this nation until he dies. What God said in Jeremiah chapter 5 was proven true. God spared the nation of Israel. Josiah only lived for 13 years. And after he died, the judgment fell. But God spared the nation. Listen to me, young man. Listen to me, young lady. God spared the nation because one man chose to do right. That is amazing. 
Will God have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah? No, he won't. You say, why? Because, listen, God met, before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, God met with a man. Who was that man that he met with? Abraham. He met with Abraham. And Abraham, he said, listen to these two angels that were with him. He said, should we tell my friend Abraham what I'm about to do? <laughs> The angel said, yeah, go ahead and tell him. I mean, God's asking, you just do whatever God says. So he said, uh, well, what we're going to do is we're going to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah and we're going to destroy those cities. And Abraham said, wait, 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 wait. Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? The answer to that question is no. God doesn't destroy the righteous with the wicked. He said, surely the judge of the whole earth wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't destroy the righteous with the wicked. God said, you're right. He said, well, what if there's 50 righteous people down there in Sodom? In all of Sodom? What if there's 50 righteous people? He said, well, if there's 50 righteous, I won't destroy. He said, what about 45? Abraham had a lot of guts. He said, what about, well, what about 40? What about, what about 35? What about 30? What about, what about 25? What about 20? What about 50? What about... What about 10? And God said, now listen, listen to me. Michael, God said, if there's just 10 righteous, I'll spare the wicked, vile city of Sodom and Gomorrah. If there's just 10 righteous who are seeking my face and turning from their wicked, if there's just 10, I'll spare it. God said that. God said that to Abraham. God tells Jeremiah, I really want to spare. I really want to spare Judah. Just find me one man. Find me one man. And I'll spare it. I'll spare the entire city. I want to tell you this. I believe God is a God of mercy. I told you at the beginning of this message, I believe we live in exciting times. You say, why? Because I think I'm looking about 650 to 700 students that are here because you want to do what God wants you to do. I believe this, that I can go to God and I can say, God, look, there's some men, there's some women out there that are wanting to do right. God, I pray you'll spare this country for your sake in their name. I can tell you about preachers around this country who are starting churches that are working, they're sacrificing everything in order to build churches, to tell people about Jesus. I can tell you that, that this past week we saw four young people trust Jesus Christ in Bible clubs. I can tell you that there are people all over this country who are out doing everything they can to win people to Jesus Christ. I can tell you this, that Jesus said, you, now listen, you are the salt of the earth. Salt is a preserver. And as long as we are here and you and I are choosing to do what's right, the, the world may follow hell and choose to do that which is wrong. But if you and I, in the midst of the wickedness, in the midst of the perversion, say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
so that I will do that which is right in the midst of all that is wrong. Help me to stand in your truth. Help me to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. Help me not to be someone who is a divider, but someone who will unite. Help me to be the God. Help me to be a, a servant that, that gets rid of filth in my life, gets rid of wickedness in my life. God, help me to be what you want me to be. I surrender to you. Make me the one. When there are people around this country who are concerned about the glory of God, who are concerned about his reputation, and are concerned about reaching lost men and women with the gospel, then we are being the salt, we are being the light that God wants us to be, and if we're doing right, God will use us to preserve this nation, and that's why I'm excited about what God is doing. Say amen to that. I hope you will determine today to be the one. I hope that many of you will say, God, I surrender to you. God, I want to be what you want me to be. In the midst of Jeremiah's declaration of judgment, he said, there's hope if I can just find one. Don't be just one. Encourage one another unto love and to good works so God will spare this nation and we can continue to preach the gospel until he comes.